to the Spooky Succubus cast. We are here to tell you about movies through an anti-racist, anti-capitalist, feminist lens. And there are horror movies. Horror movies. Horror movies. (laughs) That's why we're spooky. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Our name makes sense. Don't ask us. Listen, I, I stand by our name, even though it is deranged but i stand by it i think it's fun (laughs) yeah who cares like no one cares nothing matters (laughs) the ocean's on fire so whatever there's ghosts in the ocean the ocean's on fire it's all the ocean is scary that's a good segue because today we're talking about one of the great movie villains possibly born as the spawn of an ocean demon I was confused about that. Did you but. see that? <laughs> yeah. There's just a lot of... It's just like an ocean thing. Uh, Sadako, we're talking about Ringu. It is embarrassing how... Oh, I'm Abby, that's Rebecca. I'm Rebecca. Uh, it's, it's crazy how much the US version is just like a worse shot-for-shot remake of this movie. Um, yeah, the, the whole time I'm like, yeah, The Ring is a bad movie. Like, I hated The Ring, and this is like such a good fun not fun actually it's really depressing but like well-made movie it's extremely depressing but it's way better than the ring and it's so annoying that there's always this need to like remake j-horror to be palatable to like white western audiences and whitewash it and just make it less good less good yeah and like completely i don't know like change the story but not in like a I feel like there's maybe more character character development in the in, in the American version, but not like in a way that makes it any. I don't know. It's just not interesting and not scary. I don't yeah, know. but it's like it's and the the character development that you refer to in the U.S. version is just like basically trauma porn of girls yeah. and women. It's <laughs> so like it's oh like, wait, she's doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> not that. Um, Asakawa doesn't go through a lot in this movie. Um, some of it is deserved. I don't know. We'll get into her lack of maternal instincts later, but uh, yeah. I mean, Yoichi doesn't really need any help. He was just fine. <sighs> Yoichi, that's who I feel the worst for in this movie. Is that poor, like, sad, beautiful little child? I I'm, he's so I feel for so him. sweet. Yeah. Definitely better than Aiden or whatever. The US I don't remember was. his name, but that remember kid was the, creepy. Yeah, the bug-eyed kid. <laughs> yeah. Um, Are we bad people? No, that kid is weird. But anyway, uh, yeah, so we're talking Ringu, 1998, directed by Hideo Nakata, based on a 1991 novel by Koji Suzuki, so... I do feel like I want to read the novels, but I also do feel like they will be transphobic. Yeah. So in the, yeah, in the book version, Sadako, who I think has a different name, um, is an intersex person as opposed to in the movie, she's a girl. Like they refer to her as she. Several I'm times, having a, so. like a whole lot. Are I'm you having okay? a, I, Your glasses are so askew. <laughs> I'm having a little glasses yeah. headphones meltdown. <laughs> and I wasn't paying attention. I was like looking through my notes, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Chatting away. <laughs> it was going on for kind of a while. <laughs> I was like, oh no. <laughs> All right, we're back. My glasses are squarely on my face. Okay. Who's reading today? I wrote that you're reading. I'm reading today, yeah. Um, I watched this movie twice. I'm back on it, you know? I've done, like, Oh, and this movie is, uh... Research. Uh, This movie is free for free on YouTube. That's where I watched it. And I watched it on Tubi, because there's less commercials, but... mm -hmm. Free. Uh, There were no commercials on YouTube. Oh, there weren't? Usually, YouTube is full of commercials. I just assumed. I think we have different experiences of YouTube. Remember we had a similar <laughs> similar conversation when uh when uh the, we were talking were about we or- doing the or orphan, fan. Right? Yeah. yeah, and I had to send you a screenshot like a grandmother. Um right. But you go to like the dark uh pirated version of YouTube and I'm just like la la only paid stuff I don't know that's not true I go to the version (laughs) of YouTube that's on the PS4 like I open up the app that is already downloaded I'm not doing any like hacker shit 
Um, all right, let's get into it. Oh, did it. you hear the news that OnlyFans is banning pornography from well, OnlyFans? Why? Like, why do we have to further harass sex workers? Just let them live. Let them... I also saw a meme by some podcast that I forgot to unfollow that was like... Uh, OnlyFans on creators. Our, ours or Yeah, I'll unfollow oh. them later. But it was like OnlyFans creators. And then it was like that meme of the guy opening the book and crying. And it was like how to make money. And then it said work. And then the guy was crying. And it was like, uh, sex work is work. Why don't you try it? I feel like bag. I wish I was like physically or, you know, mentally stable enough for sex work. Like, I can't... Yeah. I, I'm not capable of I'm sex not work. Capable. It's too challenging. Yeah. <laughs> At all. It's, yeah, it's way too difficult for me. I couldn't do it. I thought about it, especially when uh, the pandemic first hit. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do or how to make money. So, but then I didn't. I, I just got an Etsy. how to make stuff. money and I have no money. <laughs> yeah. All Join right. our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Spooky Succubus cast. Oh, we're doing a bonus episode this month, Haunting of Hill House, episode one. Yeah. So I think if I'm you're just going to fl- watch the X-Files a- on my own so I can look at David yeah. Duchovny some more. We can we can also just talk about it like in our friendship and not in our podcast. Yeah, that's true, too. Uh, yeah, so if you're a Flanagan head, <laughs> like just Like Abby herself. Uh, yeah, it's sad. The Haunting of Hill House is just like depressing, but it was good. Well made. Uh, well acted. Okay. All right. We're ready. We're going. The plot is happening. I'm ready. Okay. We open on rolling ocean waves at night that turn to TV static that turns to a baseball game. Uh, I didn't know baseball was like a big deal in Japan. Did you know that? I was like, oh. I, I did know that because I am a baseball fan and many uh, players come from like Japanese leagues and play in the major league here in the States. But that's a very random fact for me to have in my head, actually, because <laughs> based on my other like interest levels and all things across the board, it's just weird that I like really like baseball. Yeah, that is weird. Baseball is maybe the most boring uh, sport I've ever been forced to watch in person. Not forced. That's I'll go anywhere where there's beer and people watching. But going to Fenway is fun. I mean, except for the seats are made for like a twenty pound child, uh, and no one can put oh their God. asses in them. They're so small. Yeah, it's so bad. We sat in the bleachers when we went like a month or so ago, back before like when we thought COVID was not a thing that was gonna hugely affect the rest of the year uh but i like obviously gained some weight over the pandemic and i was like oh my god (laughs) like squeezing my like child rearing hips into that little tiny metal seat was it was something i just ended up standing up i would be annoyed if i was sitting behind you but i oh we were like uh, this isn't interesting let's (laughs) keep going anyway seats are small and stupid um (laughs) So, Sunday, September 5th, two friends are doing homework. Masami tells Tomoko an urban legend of a boy who recorded a baseball game while on holiday in Izu. But when he rewatched, there was a woman on the screen who said he will die in seven days. He stopped the tape and the phone rang and the person on the other end said, you saw it. A week later, the boy died. Masami bursts out laughing, but Tomoko is scared. She tells her that last week she stayed overnight with friends, and then there was, like, a boy involved. Um, and they saw a weird tape, and afterwards the phone rang with what she thinks was a prank call. And that was exactly seven days ago. Tomoko plays like she was kidding, and the girls laugh, but just then the phone rings. Masami races downstairs to answer it, but it's only Tomoko's mother calling to say she'll be late. Relieved, Masami goes to the bathroom, and alone in the kitchen, Tomoko sees the TV turn on by itself. She feels something creeping up behind her and is startled, um, and then it's like freeze frame, and then like the inverse photo filter happens, mm-hmm. um, which was like a cute 90s. Like, I liked it, It was yeah. fun. Um, Reiko Asakawa, uh, Tomoko's maternal aunt, is interviewing school children about the videotape urban legend that's going around. And one mentions that two teenagers recently died in a car after watching the videotape and that it was in a pa- the paper a few days ago. Um, at the office, I 
Reiko is like a journalist, reporter, an investigative yeah. journalist uh, reporter. I don't know. I think it's for a paper, but because um, yeah, there's a bunch of newspapers lying around, but they also have video of it. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't. I think we just don't have enough information about what like newspaper offices are like to right. to really be able to answer <laughs> the hard hitting questions here. <laughs> she reports on news as happenings. Um, so at the office, Reiko has to leave early, but stops to look at the article that discusses the young couple's death. The 19-year-old boy and 17-year-old girl were found in the morning of September 6th. She asked a colleague to look into this, to the school that the couple attended. Um, Asakawa and her young son, Yoichi, just like the cutest little baby. Um, I like his really, sh- his really, really short, like, shorts, but he's wearing, like, a dress shirt on the top and knee socks. I mean. So cute. So cute. Um, he's ew, also kids. very young. Like, he's, like, six or seven um, and is the best behaved child in existence. Um, they're getting ready to attend Tomoko's funeral. He heartbreakingly asks his mother um, if kids die too, and she rep- the response is sometimes they get sick. Um, at the funeral, Asakawa learns that there was no clear cause of death and that it's a closed casket, which is strange. Yoichi is drawn to Tomoko's room and stares pointedly at a TV and VCR. Uh, I think I had that exact TV, but... Um. With a little v- VCR insert, yeah. Built in, yeah. Those were the days. <laughs> uh, Reiko gets a call that the young couple attended the same high school that her late niece did. Outside the home, she asks a group of teenagers if they know anything about the deaths. One of the girls say, says that all four friends died on the same day, and one of them told everyone about a weird tape and phone call, but they don't know where they went, where they were when they saw it. Uh, Masami is in the hospital now and won't go anywhere where there's a TV. At work, Asakawa watches a video of the young couple's bodies discovered in a car. In the car, the girl uh, Yoko's face is twisted in fear. The car was locked and there was no clear cause of death. Their hearts just stopped. Um, Asakawa goes to visit her sister Yoshiki to check on her and goes to Tomoko's room where she finds a photo receipt. Yoshiki. Uh, follows behind her in like a very creepy like really sad scene Uh, follows behind her and tells her that she found Tomoko in her closet and we see a quick flashback to Tomoko curled in the corner like hands over her ears uh, face screaming Uh, Asakawa gets the photos Tomoko ordered and discovers the kids went to a cabin on Izu Pacific Island on August 29th in one of the photos uh, all four kids are in front of the cabin and their faces are like blurred out, like, like distorted. Uh, Asakawa travels to Izu to investigate cabin B4, where the kids stayed. The front, in the front office, she checks out an unmarked videotape and goes back to the room to watch it. Like at this point, I was like, Don't, just leave. Like, just go yeah, home. You know better, right? Go to Yochi. Like, go make him dinner. That poor child has been alone for four yeah, days. Go, go have some ice cream or something. Um, on the tape, we see a ring with waves and a figure in the center. Omen brushing her hair in a mirror. Letters moving around. People crawling up a hill. A man with a cloth over his face pointing off to the right. And then I saw him referred to as towel head in some of the articles. <laughs> uh, that's a like, like a that's... term I don't want to say. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's also just like generally kind of undignified. <laughs> it was like, yeah, like the videotape is pretty like unsettling just because we're like, what the fuck? This is, is a happening? great example of how the US version just like did too much. Like, this is so scary. Because of it, the way that it is, like, so pulled back. Because the U.S. version just, like, goes so I don't even remember what's on the video it's tape. Like it's, like, creepy times, stuff, right? It's, like, three times as long. And there's some of the same, like, imagery. But there's, like, the remember there's the horses? Because there's the whole horse thing on oh, the U.S. version. Oh, yeah. Dumb. Isn't there, like, <laughs> worms or maggots or something, too? Yeah, there's like a fly there's the lighthouse remember oh. the lighthouse yeah. God, i hate the u.s version um we're heated 
mad. Uh, an eye with a symbol that says Sada reflected in it, and then a well in the woods. When the tape ends, Asakawa sees a reflection of a girl with long hair in front of her face behind her, but when she turns, no one's there. The phone rings, and she picks up, but hangs up immediately. The, cro- the clock reads 7.07, and Asakawa rushes out. On September 14th, Asakawa's ex-husband and father to Yochi, Rajuki Takayama, comes over to watch the tape. I'm sorry about my pronunciations of things. I'm dumb, and uh, it's well, th- hard to pronounce. Don't, I don't know. You don't speak Japanese. I don't. Um, yeah. In the apartment, he feels a presence and is still disbelieving of, but is still disbelieving of Asakawa's story. She, he has psychic powers. Yes, he's he's you got have a to sixth that. sense. It's very stuff. challenging to pronounce sixth sense, sixth and I commend you. Um, she makes him take a pol- Polaroid of her, and her face is distorted. After viewing the tape, the phone doesn't ring, and he is again skeptical. He asks her to make a copy so they can look farther into it. On September 15th, Asakawa sees some movement on the tape at the end in the well that she didn't see before. While in public, Raijuki, Raiyuji, Raiyuji, uh sees a ghostly figure approach in white flats and asks if they did this, but gets no answer, and then the figure disappears. I was also confused by this because... Like, we see the figure approach, and they're wearing, like, white flats and, like, a flowy, like, a skirt, like a skater skirt. Yeah. So I was confused. But uh, at Ryuji's... The flats were slightly dirty. That right. was the only indicator. <laughs> they were still... I'd wear them. Um, yeah, at, it looked fine to me. At Ryuji's place, he and Asakawa watch the copy of the video she made and slow it down to watch the parts with... Um, the woman combing her hair in the mirror, and Asakawa points out that you should be able to see the camera person in the reflection. They try to read the words that are jumbled and moving, but they're too small. One of Ryuji's students stops by to drop off papers. There's also, like, are they sleeping together? It seemed like... I don't think it matters. They might have been, except for that Ryuji's, like, a terrible person. Um, I wouldn't sleep with him. He seems mean. uh, He's hot, but mean, yeah. Hop and mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. As mm-hmm. often happens in uh, horror movies. Uh, and messing with him, she changes a plus to a minus on his chalkboard after the two depart. At the school, what? they... I, like, I thought he was, like, a psychology professor. Like, that's what I thought, to... too. <laughs> what's the formula, man? And then, yeah, and then later when he changes the plus, I was like, at first I didn't know what it was. I thought she was, like writing a different letter there and then later when he just yeah. adds a little plus i was like wait what <laughs> yeah um at the school they are still unable to read the words but see the letters in the i read sada after and playing the tape backwards they hear the phrase frolic and brine goblins be thine which is very scary <laughs> so scary yeah and, chill. The, and like the i mean like the this movie is doesn't have any like really like creepy creepy things except for like like maybe 30 seconds of the movie or have like creepy imagery in them but it's just like it takes like a lot of time to like set the pace up and like really quiet moments Mm -hmm. where you're just like trying to listen they're trying to listen to this tape and then you hear it and it's like goosebumps yeah um on september 16th ryuji found that the saying is from Oshima Island, and there was a v- volcano there, Mount Mihara, Mihara. And while looking through old newspapers, Asakawa found an article that the volcano eruption was predicted by a local woman. Ryuji wants to investigate alone, so Asakawa will have more time with Ro- Yochi, which is like fair. Um, but maybe he also needs to spend time with him, but whatever. That poor child. Uh, Why start now? <laughs> right. The key's six or seven. Um, on September 17th, she drives them to stay. She drives Yoichi and herself to stay with her father. After putting Yoichi to bed, she talks with Raiji, Raiyuji on the phone, um, who says that the woman who predicted the volcano was... Shizoki Yamamura. She threw herself into the volcano 40 years ago, and he's going down to Oshima to investigate further. 
That night, she's awoken by Tomoko's voice and sees a vision from the tape of the guy pointing and finds Yoichi watching. Not the, Towelhead. The guy, the guy pointing. That's how I refer to him. <laughs> um... Uh, she finds Yoichi watching the video in the other room. Horrified, she asks him why he brought the tape, and he says Tomoko told him to. On September 18th, Asakawa and Ryuji make their way to Oshima. He confesses he felt Tomoko's presence when he went to Asakawa's apartment, um, and that Yoichi must be able to sense her as well and must have the powers that he has. But her spirit is no longer who they thought she was. She's like turned dark. Um, their driver says that Yamamura, that the Yamamura family used to run the fishing crews here, but they are out of business now. Shizoku's cousin is still alive, and his son and daughter-in-law run an inn, and that's where they'll be staying. Ryuji tells Asakawa that Shizoku became famous after predicting the eruption and was said to have special powers. Um, a professor arrived, uh, Ukama, Ikama, Ikuma. I don't know. I wrote these words down and never said them out loud, Ikuma. so I don't know. Ikuma, yeah. right? Um, who did experiments on her trying to prove her powers. Someone died during one of the experiments, and he disappeared after the university fired him. People say that Shizoku had a daughter. Bum, bum, bum. I don't think that would be enough for a tenured professor to get fired in the United States. In the United States. I was going to say, maybe Japan is, has more um, consequences for man male's actions, but... Uh, while, when they arrive at the inn, Ryuji finds the mirror that they saw on the videotape, and Asakawa asks Shizoku's cousin, Takashi, what happened to her daughter, to Shizuki's daughter. He says there was no daughter, and then, like, runs away. In the room, Asakawa's having... Gotta go! <laughs> <Ta-da>! uh, <laughs> in the room, Asakawa is having a breakdown she um is at her breaking point and i'm surprised it's it took really her this not a long. great situation yeah it's uh, it's like very out of control at this point she's facing death like at by ghost and like is trying to save her young son she's it's like a hard situation to be in in the room uh ryuji tells her that they shouldn't have had a kid in the first place and he is uncaring and unsympathetic to uh how she's feeling I the, mean, <laughs> they don't seem like the most active parents. Maybe, <laughs> maybe they probably shouldn't have had a kid. Whatever. But. I'm not saying you said it. Okay. <laughs> um, on September. Oh, and the woman who's like managing the inn gives them the photo of Shizuko and Akuma, and that's all that's left of them. On September 19th, Ryuji goes to Takashi, who's sitting alone on the beach. Takashi tells him that Shizoku would sit out there for hours talking to the sea and the fishermen hated her because the sea is unlucky. Ryuji recites the saying, frolic and brine and goblins be thine. Ryuji tells him that they, that he has special powers similar to Shizuku's. Um, It was Takashi who called Professor Okuma um, in the hopes that he could make some money off of his sister or cousin. Cousin. Um, Cousin. He chases and grabs him and then when Takashi falls, Ryuji has a vi- vision of one of Akuma's experiments that Takashi was present for. Uh, when Akasha rushes forward, Asakawa, sorry. When Asakawa rushes forward, she's also sucked into the vision. In an auditorium, Shizoku gives a demonstration by correctly guessing words that were hidden in a pot. One man stands up and calls her and Akuma a f- frauds. All the men watching begin to agree, and then the first one who yelled out falls down dead, his face contorted, the way that we've seen the other victims. All the audience turns on her, and Shizoku yells that it was Sadako. Um, Takashi says that Sadako was a monster. The girl runs from her mother, dressed all in white with her hair down the front of her face. Um, as she's leaving, as like the Sadako is running out, she grabs Asakawa's wrist, um, and Sadako's fingernails are missing. They're all like bloody and bright. It's gross. It's gross. And her hands are like pruny. I don't like that fingernail stuff. I don't like it. I know. There's there's a lot of missing fingernails here. I um, know. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> Back in reality. Back to real- uh, Asakawa. reality. Asakawa. <laughs> Asakawa faints, and Sadako has marked her wrist. 
Ryuji and Asakawa discuss that uh, Sadako's powers are totally different from his own and her mother's, and the video is not of this world, and she has put a curse on them. The storm, a storm is approaching, and no one is willing to leave the island in the poor weather. Takashi relents and ha- says they'll take him, even though th- he'll take them, even though he's afraid of uh, Sadako and her powers. On the boat, Ryuji speculates that Sadako probably died in Izu before the cabin was built. Asakawa wonders if Sadako was Ikuma's daughter. And Ryuji says that he was married with children and his relationship with Shizo Shizu Wow. It's okay. I gotta take you a beat. I'm Yeah. Whew, man. Take okay. a breath. Shizoku caused a scandal. A scandal. Um they remarked that uh they have to find Sadaku's body in order to save themselves and Yuichi. On September twentieth, they made it through the storm, and Takashi tells Ryuji that he once eavesdropped and Shizoku whispering to the sea, but it wasn't human language. It was an uh, ocean demon that she was married to. I don't know. That's, that's speculation. Uh, Asakawa calls Yoichi and apologizes and promises to hurry home. Asakawa and Ryuji travel to the cabin and break in under the porch. They find the well and see a vision of Akuma hitting Sadako over the head and knocking her into the well. He must have put the lid on and fled. They pry the lid off, and Ryuji propels down a rope into the well. He sees her fingernails on the wall, yeah. and realizes Sadako is still alive and tries to call, crawl out of the well. Asakawa lowers, but it's bad. It's pretty... It's so sad like, and gross and bad. I would never get in that well myself, but congratulations to you for doing it i yeah i guess the moral of the story is don't stand next to a well gazing into it and i never have since (laughs) never i mean never have never will it took baby jessica's toe it'll take us all oh baby jessica call back never forget uh yeah the nail the nail i wouldn't have gone down there no way i mean and i feel like there had to be there had to be a better way to do it than how they did it. Buckets? Which seemed time-consuming and exhausting. <laughs> yeah, Asakawa lowers buckets into the well, and they begin, begin lifting and pouring the water out to find Sadako's body. Asakawa grows tired as the hours go by. Raiju climbs out and urges Asakawa to trade places with him because she can't lift anymore. She cries, and Ryuji slaps her, reminding her of Yoichi's fate. Not good. Don't slap people. Come Don't on. Don't slap it. Yeah, like, you have some empathy. He has none. Uh, he's a no bad, empathy. bad person. Maybe uh, he's the ocean demon. <laughs> he is. Think about uh, it. In the well, Asakawa looks up and sees the vision, a vision of Akuma. She cl- finds clumps of black hair and a hand grabs her. A skeleton floats to the top of the water and she embraces it. Ryuji calls down that it's 7.10 and they are saved. Police arrive and secure the scene. Uh, Asakawa wonders how Akuma could do that to his own daughter, but Ryuji wonders if she was actually his daughter or the daughter of of an ocean demon. Ocean demon. On September 21st, alone in his apartment, Ryuji discovers his student's prank and changes the minus on the chalkboard to a plus. He gets a feeling and the TV... Hilarious! I love it. Best part of the movie. (laughs) I do like that it's like leads to his epiphany of like what needs to happen, like the minus to a plus, like they need to make a copy. They need to make an addition. I thought that was mm-hmm. pretty clever. Um, he gets a feeling and the TV turns on by itself and the vi- and the video plays. Sadaku creeps out of the well and walks towards the screen. He has the epiphany um, and tries to answer as Asakawa calls him. But Sadaku has crawled out of the TV and moves towards him. Her fingernails are gone, her hair is in front of her face, and she has contorted movements. I think they, like, played it backwards is what my guess Mm -hmm. was. Mm -hmm. The crawling, yeah. Yeah. Uh, She stalks him, and her hair raises, and we see one creepy eye, the famous scene. Uh, And he dies of fright. Asakawa races to his apartment, but uh, one of the police humans, pigs, tells uh, her that his body has already been moved. His student found him. That was fast. So fast. And she says he was lying on the floor and remarks on how scary his face was. Asakawa wonders what she did 
that he didn't do and sees a reflection of Ryuji with the cloth over his face, like, and the pointing, like, the guy in the, the video. Um, the pointing guy? What's pointing guy, yeah, pointing man. Um, he's <laughs> pointing to her bag, and she finds the copy she made of the tape. She drives to pick up Yoichi and calls her dad, telling him that uh, they must make a copy and share it with someone else in order not to die. And the film ends on September 22nd. so good so creepy so creepy like very quiet very like understated isolating it's good do you want to talk about what you learned about the ghost in japanese culture yeah so we talked a little bit about um oh my god sorry i had to stretch um i'm also doing like but my stretch isn't as like cute as yours like a goblin (laughs) goblin stretch everybody do a goblin stretch get your lactic acid moving um or something weird i wonder if the mic picked up that back crack nice um yeah so a lot of this movie is the like about the clash of like traditional and modern and it draws on a mm-hmm. lot of like traditional Japanese folklore. And we talked a little bit in Shudder. Do you remember Shudder? I barely I do. I remember it. <laughs> but also a good movie. Uh, no, that movie's creepy as fuck. Like the thing where he goes to the doctor and he weighs like twice his weight. And he's like somebody on sitting his on his shoulders. Fucking creepy. Super That's, creepy. I, like, I think about the like image of him in the video like walking around with her on his shoulders all the time so scary <laughs> uh yeah so like your your ae is like a uh the idea of event of a spirit of a vengeful spirit it's a that ghost, hasn't a ghost barred from a peaceful afterlife either because of vengeance or incomplete funereal rites yeah so in everyone sadako's case She's she's pretty vengeful. She's, she's pretty out for vengeful. Because in like traditional Japanese culture, everyone has a rake on, which is like your spirit. And then if you don't, isn't it funny that uh, Asa, is... Asakawa's name is Reiko? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just caught that. Um, and then there's certain types of uraids depending on you know what happened to you and what sort of. So uh, on. I'm so bad at it. I'm very sorry okay. to all of our Nobody's um, expecting you to pronounce it perfectly. Just, just, <laughs> just breathe say through it, it girl. Anroi yeah. are vengeful spirits who seek revenge. Um, so Sadaku falls into that category, of course, because she wants everyone to die and doesn't mm-hmm. give a shit who it is. Um, but with the rise of Kabuki theater, they needed a way to represent Yurai in like a in a physical way and so that's where the yeah. white costume comes and play the long like disheveled black mm-hmm. hair um and they usually wear like traditional kimonos um and white makeup because it's scary um but so this story kind of takes two different japanese traditional japanese folk tales and like smushes them up and adds some other shit but one of them is okiku uh, in the like famous version, which is the dish manor at Banchoi, Bancho. Um, okay, Okiku is a beautiful dishwashing servant who caught the eye of a samurai. Um, after she refuses his advances, he tricks her by hiding one of the expensive dishes, one of ten. He calls to her and demands to know where the dish is, and she becomes frightened because stealing is punishable by death. Um, she said he says that he'll lie about the plate if she agrees to marry him, but she doesn't. And then she begins counting the dishes over and over again, always coming up short. The samurai um, then beats Okiku with a wooden sword, uh, ties her up, suspends her over a well, and repeatedly dunks her in and out of it while beating her. Um, and, then, and she still refuses his proposal. Of course, because he's torturing her. Um, and then eventually throws her down the well. Her spirit would rise from the well every night to count the dishes, letting out a blood-curdling scream after nine. Anyone who heard part of the counting would become sick, and anyone who heard her get all the way to nine would die shortly afterwards. It was eventually, uh, then they called a priest, the samurai called a priest, and then the... Um, <clears throat> Excuse me, pardon me. That was so <laughs> that was loud. Juicy. <laughs> uh, 
Wow. Um, it's probably because of your 50-ounce coffee. I got hey. It. Sip break. Yeah, so the priest then, after, like, witnessed the ghost, and then after nine just yelled out, ten! And then um, Okiku never came back. That was so, easy. That was easy. And then the other um, t- is the tale of Iwa, Oiwa, which is cited by Suzuki, the author of the Because uh, of the novel. one eye. So the tale is one of the big three ghost stories. Um, of and all it's time? Of all time. And it tells a part, like a, a scandalized version of real life events. Uh, so Oiwa died in 1636, was a real person, uh, and supposedly still haunts any performances or productions of her story. So Oiwa was unhappily married to Samurai Iemon. Iemon. What is going on with these samurai? They seem pretty problematic. Uh, bad. They just like have swords for no reason. Um, Oiwa wanted wooden, to... Wooden swords. <laughs> uh, Oiwa wanted to get a divorce, but Iemon refused. Uh, and one day Classic. when... Classic. When Oiwa fled, um, he followed her, but was stopped by Oiwa's father, Samon. Samon knew that, like, Iemon was, like, a terrible person and stole from his employer, which is, like, not the worst thing, but was bad still. Um, and demanded that he divorce his daughter. Iemon then murdered Simon and lied to Oiwa saying it was a stranger on the road, begged for a reconcile and promised to avenge her father's death. Oiwa agreed and soon gave birth to a son, but they were poor and Oiwa became sick after birth. And then Iemon became resentful, and then their next-door neighbor, who's a doctor, had a beautiful granddaughter, Oyume, uh, and she fell for Iemon for who knows what reason. But um, And her grandfather... Yeah. Gross. Wanted to make her happy, so he conspired to get the two together. He prescribed an ointment for Oiwa, uh, but it was really a poison to disfigure her. Disgusted Mm -hmm. by her appearance, Iemon pawned Oiwa's possessions and hired a friend to rape her so that he could claim infidelity. Uh, But on the night the friend was supposed to come, he was frightened by Oiwa's disfigured face uh, and confessed his plans to her. Oiwa was horrified by her own reflection and tried to brush her hair in front of her face, uh, but it came off in bloody clumps. She went mad, slit her own throat, um, and then haunted Iemon for the rest of his life and caused, and he, like, so that, the his wedding night to Oume, he, she came and he, and, like, caused him to slash her throat and then killed her, her grandfather and then made him kill her grandfather so uh yeah and she never got like a no one ever counted to 10 for her so she still haunts that's sad haunts the night yeah and then uh i didn't write this part down but someone like tied her and one of her servants who discovered that he had murdered her or like caused her disfigurement uh tied them both to a door and sent them down a river like what the fuck so that's also what the hell? I feel like there was so many better ways to handle that situation. But anyway, those are the so two Japanese our, folk tales. So Oiwa, Oiwa and Okiku are both Yurai. Yeah. Yeah, they're yes. both like Yeah. But they're both on Roy on Royoi. On Bound by a desire for vengeance. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I wonder like in the Japanese echelon of folktales if many on on rio are male or if they're typically female abused and scorned by abusive men you know women wondering can they always have to be traumatized um disgusting but yeah so the definitely the physicality of sadako is based on um the traditional kabuki theater representation as well as like the hair of the face the well um the seeking of vengeance um and in the Mm -hmm. book as we said before they are an intersex person person but in the book we follow a a male tokyo newspaper reporter 
by the same last name. Like his name's also Asakawa, um, but he's mm-hmm. obsessed with UFOs and ghosts. Um, oh and my God, also just like David Duchovny. Damn. <laughs> uh, now I just want to watch the X Files. Um, we sure can. And then he he also. Ryuji is also in the book, um, but he's just a friend of his. Mm-hmm. And Ryuji jokes about being a rapist and is profiled as a psychopath. Um, they still uncover Sadako's murder, um, but they vanished after being raped um, and thrown in a well by a doctor at the sanatorium where their father was being treated. Um, so it's a little more, it's less about mothers and daughters uh, and more about fathers and children. Um, and like the virus is more prominent in the book because she's the her rapist um, infects her with smallpox, which then mutates into the ring virus that uh, is projected by Nensha onto the videotape, which is very interesting. Basically, like Nensha is a real practice that people actually uh, work. They work this um, kind of like, not magic, but I don't know how you would refer to it if you don't say magic. But it's basically the projection of like images from your psychopathy, like your brain onto mm. um, onto like media. So in the movie, we can see that Shizoku is able to, like she burns the paper, right? So she's predicting what the things in the... Um, jar are by like burning the characters onto paper but Sadako was able to project them onto videos mm-hmm. so scary which is like I feel like yeah there's subtle uh, like there's of course in the book version there's going to be more like subtle instances we're going to know more because I was like how how does Sadako like get shit on videotape I was like what's going on like how does she know how to manipulate a, a VHS um, except for that I wonder she's what a 40 she year old be... ghost I don't know Hmm, yeah. Okay, boomer. <laughs> I wonder what her media would be today. Uh, uh, like TikTok videos. Viral TikTok videos. <laughs> so should we talk about the transphobia and villainization of somebody existing outside of the gender binary? Even though it doesn't make an appearance on screen, it is worth mentioning that Sadako was intersex and many of her, like, her, the things that motivate them or her, I'm not exactly sure what Sadako How they identify, yeah. Uh, The things that motivate them in the book are, like, reproduction and longevity and trying to, like, basically be reborn and be reborn as, like, infant clones of themselves, which is kind of like a such a like way of manipulating this sort of traditional like feminine motivation for motherhood and it's kind of like <laughs> and even like it even comes down to the way that like you have to um you have to copy or like reproduce the video to continue living because right. everything is around reproduction and Sadako's presence as like an othered, villainized person existing outside the gender binary. Sorry, yeah. I'm like about to burp. It's We're a like burp a for a burp. On this one. It's not a pooping episode, it's a burping episode. Oh my God. <laughs> Thank you to Beefcakes of Horror for applauding our poop interlude during oh, Terrifier. Man. You're doing, you're the best. Um, but yeah, I think it's like the maternal turned grotesque, even with, especially, I think in the movie, because we see, we're following a, a mother, a woman who has a child throughout the, like her investigative mm-hmm. journey, we see more of a correlation between like Sadako's insistence upon being reproduced and like, uh, and Asakawa's refusal of her like maternal duties because she's absolutely neglecting her only child and does not want any part of like being tied to anything else. Um, yeah, so maybe this curse is like her retribution for rejecting motherhood by right. basically forcing her to reproduce via a curse. Via cursed. Uh, and also, it's so interesting that the on screen representation is motherhood and like mothers and children when uh that isn't a factor 
in the book. I in feel like novel. horror novels, like things become so twisted on screen, and the tropes that we see on screen don't always translate back to like their origins, and that's very interesting. Very, <laughs> very misogynist, like male centric storytelling. Uh, I mean, yeah, this movie was made by men. The book was written by a man. The man. I still want to read the book. Do you? Yeah, Should we I do. do it together. Let's do it. When do you want to start interview with the vampire? Should I show you my boxes of books, but just behind me that I haven't unpacked? Oh my gosh! <laughs> um, yeah, I still have to unpack most of my books, but uh, they all say heavy on them, and I don't want to. Packing books is so hard, but I'll never part with my books. I love them. Um, But we do see some, like, father-son, father-children relationships and, like, because even though... Oh, like the grandfather. Yeah. A good um, example of paternal relationships and a bad example of paternal relationships mm -hmm. Um, in... Because Ryuji, like, they have that pointed scene where the two pass each other as Yoichi's going to school and Ryuji's coming and they don't to Asakawa. To and then, yeah, Yoichi just goes around him. Um, even though we both we know that they both have powers. And the power is a pass town, like, paternally. Because Asakawa doesn't have the same powers. And they could be connected to each other through that, but... It's like, they reject each other. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we see... Well, like, actually, I don't think Yoichi rejects his father. I think He's just a child. Like, he's just a child, yeah. Yeah. And there's, like, an abusive uh, power dynamic. Uh, and then we see, like, the exact opposite, because Yoichi is so excited to see his grandfather, and they have, like, a really tender moment looking for fish, and he's so having, like, cute. such a fun time with him. Uh, I enjoyed she, the fishing scene. I was like, I think that I would watch a whole movie about them fishing together. It was so cute. And Yoichi's just like the cutest It could be kid. a Murakami movie. <laughs> hey, <laughs> little, <laughs> little flowers floating by. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, like he's, Yoichi's being taken the best care of while he's with his grandfather because his mother is is rejecting her maternal duties. Ah, I know. Which at is every also turn internalized capitalism she's always be working you work so much that you put a curse on yourself by accident like come on and even her sister um are you folding laundry <laughs> it was just sitting right sorry i'm focused <laughs> you're good you can fold laundry I mean, it's, just, it's okay it's you don't need here. your hands um i need you to talk with your hands at all times Look at those little shorts. Um, they're, my, they're my jammies. <laughs> with uh, Asakawa's sister, when she loses her daughter, she is catatonic and like Bereft, unreachable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is not and, something. Uh, Asakawa can't relate to the grief. Like she has, like she's driven by this like investigative nature, and she comes to the space like not wanting to like visit with her sister, commiserate with her, just. Like it's like oh I'm gonna get these photos developed yeah um, even though her sister probably just needs her to sit with her while she stares off into space yeah um, be there but yeah it's definitely like I feel like Asakawa's motherhood is incriminated and like criticized more than uh, Ryuji's like absent parenthood as a father motherhood, yeah yeah although uh, Asakawa lives another day and Ryuji dies a pretty horrible death and his death is the one like we don't see um Tomoko die like we just see her like fear uh, and we see her body yeah. in like a flashback very briefly but uh like Ryuji's death is drawn out and we like see that's when we finally see Sadaku like stalk her victim um everything is like I wish I'd seen Ringu first because everything is so much scarier in this movie than the stupid ring it's because you wait until the last one. We wait till the last twenty minutes to like really finally see, like the villain, and also even though Ryuji is probably the real villain, he's a problem. Yeah. Um, uh, but and it's all yeah. We get like little hints. It's more of a. I feel like it's more of a thriller than a horror movie. Um, because yeah, we're like it's a mystery. We're trying to solve what happened to Sadako and like trying to save. Uh, these this little family uh yeah and i right. mean the american version is like that but just like a bunch of jump scares to make 
to make it like palatable for stupid people audiences like us. I like mean, because Americans are we're dumb. Yeah. Them. Um, I forgot what else I was going to say. Oh, except for that Asakawa does have like a sort of she does have empathy for Sadako and like at the end when she's embracing her skeleton, it's yeah. sort of a maternal, but it's all in pursuit of like finding the her truth. Her own ends. Mm-hmm. I can't say I would have hugged that slimy skeleton no. that way. So no, thank you. I think Sadako should like let that count for something, you know, when right. considering Asakawa's fate. Uh, but she does. It's just Yoichi that I haven't seen the sequel. I want to. Uh, we can. Nothing is stopping us. Nothing's stopping us. But uh, little Yoichi, if he dies, um, I'll kill someone. Just kidding. <laughs> I won't. Who will you kill? Um, I don't know. Ryuji's already dead. There's no one, you know, no I one know. left. <sighs> Should we talk about or just glance over abuse in the medical and psychiatric film, which is. Uh, or excuse me, field, which is touched on in this uh, in this movie, but not really focused on. Uh, yeah. So yes, um, as we know, um, Doctor Ikuma is uh, an abuser. He is Shizuku's abuser. Uh, takes her and experiments on her. Is uncaring when she kills herself. And uh, steals her daughter away for presumably more experimentation than ultimately ultimately murder when she is no longer serving his purposes. Uh, And then also in the book when um, Ikuma is like not a bad guy and he's still presumed to be Sadako's father. He's convalescing at the hospital in Uzu where one of his doctors sexually assaults Sadako and is basically the origin story of the curse. So I think it is worth mentioning that there are many abuses in the psychiatric and medical fields still to this day, particularly psychiatric fields because advocacy is really challenging uh, when you are suffering from mental health issues and uh, just, I guess, bear that in mind. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. Do with it what you will. Yeah, we, the way we talk about people who are suffering mental illnesses or, you know, people who are, like, neurodivergent, it's, like, really troubling and that we feel those effects when they're in need of support and care um, and are abused at every turn, so... Yeah, and then we also see that Sadako and Shizuko are neurodivergent in that they don't have brains that function in, like, the expected realm of what's, you know, acceptable, according to whoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's like a false equivalency. But uh, Ryoji, Ryuji has, and Yoichi have the same uh, capacity, but because they're male, it's like an mm-hmm. acceptable way for them to move through the world. And Ryuji's even like risen to prominence in like a pretty reputable field, whereas Shizuku ended up throwing herself in a volcano, and mm-hmm. Sadako ended up dead in a well. Dead in a well, no and they were like, yeah, they were exploited by the media um, and created into this like other um, skeptical spectacle. Um, of like magic and otherworldliness. Uh, and then Shizoku's like, hey, water demon, come impregnate me because I have nothing to live for. Yeah, like, I guess I'm just part of the water now. <laughs> it's even described as an enigmatic water demon on the Wikipedia page, which is funny. Like, did you need to add the adjective? Cute. It's fine. You have anything else? I don't know. I mean, I think, like, yeah, the J horror is. This is kind of one of the big movies that uh, propelled... Like, open the floodgates, basically, yeah. Um, And that, because American audiences, like, other... um, Every other culture, to the point of, like, making them, like, ghosts. Like, the whole Japanese female and children ghosts and American... Like, that... The fact that Japanese actors play the ghost figures in these movies but are stalking American people is like the grudge is a literal racist. travesty I will never forgive it for existing it's so racist <laughs> also like it glorifies being an expat but then like it also it is racist it's like glorifies being an expat but then rejects like the actual culture uh, mm-hmm. that you're supposed to be like 
kind of humbling yourself to and surrounding yourself with in a like right. respectful and thoughtful way. And then like, yeah, the curse is always like, oh, the cult othering of the culture and making it so it's like the culture at large becomes the villain, the not villain, just yeah. the ghost. And it's just, yeah, like, any remakes of J-horror movies are just not thoughtful explorations of these, like, folk tales and rich cultural histories. And it is racist with a capital R. R. Although uh, Nakata directed The Ring, too, which I did not see. Um, but the American there were deer. The ring too. There were deer in it. Deers? Yeah, I remember. There were deer running around. Aww. There was, like, a deer, there was, like, a stampede. There's a deer stampede. I don't know. That's what I remember. But Sadako especially becomes has become like a symbol of the Japanese other, like the mm-hmm. the fear of I don't know Asian culture, Japanese. Yeah, culture. it's extremely xenophobic, and I don't know why American filmmakers can't just leave J horror alone and let it make, be make your own movies. I don't Get know. your own idea, dumb fuck. Yeah, seriously, go but, find your own art. The clown. <laughs> Make a better movie for Art the Clown. Yeah, someone uh, fix Art the Clown's life. Please. Um, but I think like this is a really good movie. There's like definitely um, like ties to traditional Japanese culture, themes of like a populace growing and becoming more modern. Uh, with the video, t- it's just like so interesting to take the idea of like a traditional Japanese ghost, a folklore that most people probably know, and making it like so tied to the modern in a way that isn't like goofy or yeah, like doesn't it, feel like, like a gimmick. It's believable, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it feels authentic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, just like the th- like everything feels so desolate and like you just feel like the desperation in everyone um they have to travel really far to go from one place to another which is also a japanese um idea of like the land of the living and the land of the dead and so when they're traveling Mm -hmm. to the island it's just like so it's a really good movie i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed it too Uh i'm very sad to announce that the American like versions have gone as far as 2017, where they made rings. Ew! Stop! Stop! Just stop it! Yeah, just stop it! I don't want it. I also no don't. one asked for this. Oh, Johnny Galecki's in it though. Oh, I've seen this movie. <laughs> now that I'm looking at it. <laughs> oh, yeah. it was really bad. Yeah, oh, Johnny no. Johnny Galecki plays like a college professor that is doing. An experiment to like basically he has this like cohort of students that are like experimenting with watching the movie then passing on the curse and like just keeping it going forever but um it backfires listen i white male hubris am i right i know that i can't watch roseanne anymore but i used to love roseanne and i maybe had a crush on um the Galaxter. Um, um, yeah, the, but The Big Bang Theory is maybe the worst show ever made in existence. It's the it's worst so thing bad. I've ever seen in my life, and it makes I me want to rip like, my own eyeballs off and eat them. Like, who is that? Who is it for? You know? Who's it for? Who's the audience? I don't get it. Like, Just it's not stop. really enjoyable or relatable. Um, I like when they order food. It makes me want to order food because they have they always get like takeout and sit on the couches. I hate it. I I've, I hate it. I've seen yeah uh, an episode and it was like I don't know, man. So I misogynistic. Can't even really, no, it's so misogynistic. I can't so really xenophobic, so racist. I, yeah, the anti-Semitic friends that won't speak and the, like the character character of a Jewish mother, like overbearing Jewish mother. It's so bad. It's so problematic. It's bad. It's a bad show. If you watch The Bang Bang Theory and you're listening to this podcast, examine your life. Look at it. I don't think about it. I don't it. think that the Venn diagram of <laughs> our <true>. podcast <laughs> listeners and Big Baron and Theory watchers is like a huge expanse. It's true. Uh, what should we do next week? Thank God. I don't know. We could take a poll. Who knows? Should we do a poll? Let's do a poll. All right, let's wrap this up and then make our poll. Okay. Uh, what should we fuck this week? Fuck the Big Bang Theory, number one. Yeah, literally the worst <laughs> show. Honestly, fuck any sitcom with a laugh track. It's just not working for me anymore. I, I can't, I'll I can't do it. I'll never stop watching Friends. Don't. I, I'll never do it. I can't. Fuck Friends. 
I understand the sentiment, but um, definitely fuck Ross. Yeah, Ross is a bad guy. Uh, Number one gaslighter, Ross. Uh, definitely fuck xenophobia and racist American remakes of fabulous J horror movies that don't need to exist. And it's also fuck annoying the psychiatric that and medical industrial complexes that make it possible for abuses like this to happen. Fuck the fact that America still doesn't have free health care. What? I know. In the middle of a pandemic? What? Bro, I know. Who? Actually, I just had a proceed like a very small procedure on Wednesday and I'm like, oh man, I wonder how much that's gonna cost. I didn't even think of it. Disgusting. I'm not gonna pay it. <laughs> don't I mean everybody, don't pay your hospital bills. Don't pay no, don't pay your hospital bills unless they go to collections. But if they go to collections, then call your insurance company. Just don't pay your hospital bills. Um yeah, fuck Hollywood and the idea that only Americans can make movies. Uh, stupid. Fuck. And like Sarah Michelle Geller, I love you, but The Grudge is a crime Garbage. against humanity. Yeah, fuck The Grudge. Uh, fuck ocean demons. Unless they're enigmatic. Fuck only letting uh, maternal figures on screen. Only reducing women to mothers and daughters. And whores. Whores. Sluts. Whores. Uh, <laughs> Bitches, whores, and sluts. I think I'm out of fucking. Fuck each other in a nice oh, way, as fuck always. fuck each other in a nice way. Fuck the military-industrial complex, if you're watched following the news this week. Fuck George Bush Jr., or Senior George. But fuck both the w, George Bushes. The but w, both of them. Yeah. But both of them. Oh, yeah. All right, let's go make this poll, baby. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you. We love you. Oh, rate, r- rate, review? Subscribe. Subscribe. Bye. <laughs> Bye.